You're listening to I See What You're Saying, a podcast by Guide Dogs. This episode is presented by Adrian Charles. Sonia, who I've um, been married to for the past, I think, 14 years. We met at school. Started off with us having an argument about women's rights and me basically saying that women's feet were smaller so they could be closer to the cook of the sink, the fridge. Um, and yeah, I took a lot of castigate for that, not only from Sonia, but from our then called home economics teacher. Women's feet behind the sink and it's like, no, women's rights, equal rights. A bit of flirting went on and then we properly got together at a school show and um, she asked me what a bloke wore under his kilt and I went, do you want me to show you? And that's pretty much, that was the chat up line that sort of started it off. Hello, I'm Adrian Charles. Welcome to Guide Dogs Podcast. I see what you're saying. In this series, we're taking a glimpse at whether those who are visually impaired see the world through a completely different lens to sighted people. Well, I thought generally you do, wouldn't you? Obviously, it's a different kind of of lens. Ryan, we just heard you there. So let let me begin by asking you... um, but just just tell us your condition first, because we, we talk about a different kind of lens. You got you were born without lenses, effectively. I was born with no eyes. Just um, the doctor described me as a fluke, which I quite like still to this day. Okay, that's quite um, a generous, affectionate thing. Like a fluke in snooker is a good thing, yeah, isn't exactly. it? But a fluke not having any eyeballs is a different kind of fluke. <laughs> it was great. Um, but I've always enjoyed being a fluke. It's totally you know um, better than freak of nature or something like that. But it's. Um, yeah, just for me, it's always been this way. It's always been that, you know, there was no sight. I didn't know what people had sight until I was about seven. Um, I thought everybody went around being guided or held by hand until I banged my eye off a table once in a hospital playroom. And somebody ran me in and said, I think your son's eyes have dropped out. And they hadn't, of course. But I, then mum had to explain to me that, you know, her eyes were different from mine and that affected sight. And then I had to learn what sight was. I didn't. I just didn't think about it. Hmm. Now, we're talking about love and dating in this edition of the podcast. And just listening to you in action there, now I know you've been with the, your partner 14 years now, but you just seems like you had front. Now, I was born with basically functioning eyeballs, but you're still better at it than me, the dating business, because you've got front, you've got confidence, you've just got chutzpah, bluster, all these other things which I felt I lacked. So where did you get that from? My family. Um Mum and dad are pretty much, especially dad, he's very like that. You know, he's sort of, if he doesn't like somebody, if, you know, if he's talking to somebody and he doesn't actually like the sound, just go go away, I don't want to talk to you. Go away. And leave it, won't talk to them again. You know, that's, to have the confidence to say that's pretty big. I've not got quite as much confidence as that, but I will talk to anybody that I meet, you know, anywhere and try and mix with them and get on with them. So you've been steady with a partner for how long now you've been with Sonia? Oh, um... I've been living with her for 19 years this July. Uh, 20 years, sorry, this July, I should say. Um, but we were together at school for quite a while and then we separated for four years, five years. Right, OK. So much much as you got the necessary bluster to uh, to romance women, you've, you've stuck with just the one. You, you just get you just got lucky, did you? Or did she just get lucky? Uh, um, both of us got lucky. Um, but I don't know... Um, I tried a, a few bit, bits and bobs dating at college, but there was never really anybody for me but her. That's just how it worked out. OK. Let's not get all saccharine at this early stage no in, worries, the, in no proceeding, worries, shall we? Well, um, so Dave Dave Kent is here, and Dave happens to be uh, an old friend of mine. Now Dave's different. He doesn't really, as far as I can see, believe in absolute long-term monogamy. He's just he's an absolute rascal who just cynically uses his blindness and the cuteness of his various dogs to entice women in. Would that be fair, Dave, or am I being a bit... Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know me well. Listen, it's the <clears throat> it's the dog that does it all the time, whether we like it or not, right? You can have a face like a blind cobbler's thumb and the dog will pull you through. But for me, it was completely different back in blind school. I, too, was born with uh, with a, a vision impairment, but unlike um, Ryan over there, um, I had a little bit of vision, probably too much vision f- for what was good for me and caused my, my parents and my neighbourhood absolute consternation, kind of hurtling round on this trike, being a, uh, you know, a, a, a maniacal um, infant... Bradley Wiggins, but dating, stuff like that, finding partners in school, um, the blind school, we had no sight, but the staff did. So you always felt that you were under scrutiny from eyes that you could not see, but they're watching you. So even even to get to know girls in, in that early situation was completely kind of um, twisted. So there were these... Um, Furtive kind of fumblings um, in in the corridor and getting to know people was that was that how it was for you? Uh, yeah. Well, for me, it was definitely how it was for me. And I, I must say to you, there is no difference between your experiences and my experience. You were probably you were probably less furtive with your fumblings than I was. So go on, Ryan. You're, you you were at a special school, were you? Yeah, at I was um, Licky from the age of five, and yeah, there was a bit of furtive fumbling going on. But as like Dave says, the dog does it every time. I mean, I don't know if you can put this, you know, um, put this like this, but yeah, I was once in a pub in Bristol and I don't know, um, there was a, um, the new intake had come in from the Bristol Old Vic for the second year and they were all round my dog going, oh, isn't he little? All the lassies were all round my dog. Yeah. And this drunk guy next to me in a bar stool um, and he just, he pulled my shirt the way drunks do, you know, when they want to talk to him. Hey, by the way, mate. That dog of yours is a proper man. You can't be a bit of the other. <laughs> I was crying. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's true, because it is true, it happens. But it's like, you know, you get some amazing people, um, you know, as a guide dog owner, when you're out and about doing your thing, you know, the, 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 the cross range of people that come up to you and, and you know... For me, it's uh, we'll we'll get onto it later. I I I don't doubt. But um, what do you see in a in a prospective partner? What what you know? What are you looking for? So these people that you meet, like rubbish and brilliant, but the voices are something to be held, and the guiding techniques by uh, men and women can leave a lot to be desired. But find a good one, mm. and you know you're you're slipping around that pub really mm. slinky and good. But on a on a, a kind of a more serious point, when does 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 pity come into it ever? Do you ever feel somebody's with you for the wrong reason, just feel sorry for you because you're blind? It can depend. Sometimes you, you, you pick it up straight away and sometimes there's that little bit of... You can soon find out, sort the wheat out from the chaff. I shouldn't imagine yeah. it would take long. No. So the attraction with someone... I want, I, it's one of the most obvious questions, and I know knew for donkey's years, Dave, before I asked you the question. It just, it just struck me, you know, you, you're sort of spared the shallowness with which the rest of us operate, where whatever we say, we, we go by looks. Women do it with men, and men certainly do yep, it with women. Absolutely. Yep, but, yep. but so you're kind of spared that. But since you, but you can't see people. So what I asked you, is it the feel or what is it? It's you, the language of love, Ryan, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's like, yeah, it's absolutely. like all to do with, vo- with voice, voice, um, timbre. 
but also what they say, like what, how they're saying it, you know, all of that kind, kind of thing. Um, you can pick so much up through that, Ryan, yeah? Yeah, and touch as well. Touch I, is I, important. I, yeah, absolutely. It's Smell is important. Yeah, always. Yeah, I think that's the first thing you said to me, actually, Dave, was how important smell was. Um, to just talk us talk us through that. Well, I'm I'm a person driven olfactorily, and so smell. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's got to smell lovely, and I mean, high end quality perfumes um, really turn me on, um, and and kind of normal pheromones. But it's the kind of the it's the perfume. It's yes, yeah, the washing powder. It's the lot, really. Yeah. But has, has anybody with a fantastic voice but significant BO ever ever, ever approached you? Yeah, yeah. And how good has their voice got to be to overcome the, the smell? Look, no voice can ever be good enough to overcome that, no. right? It's either, you know, no, sorry, I, yeah. I, I, sorry, love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Ryan? Do you, the, 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 the scent, is that big for you? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the voice and... As you know, um, the way they say things, it's, it's odd. I'm more audible, but I mean, scent matters, of course it does. But um, I'd go, I'd say I'm more sort of hearing, um, more audibly. Yeah. Sort of drawn to someone, um, and the way they say things, the personality too, sort of mentally. I like that personality thing going. And if they've got a good personality, then you can't, you can't really go wrong. But I, I challenge myself with this sometimes, right? Because I think, well, I was born and bred in Swansea. And if I was to put on a proper Swansea now thick accent, I'd all love what I would write. Oh, I likes you. I don't mind that you blind and I likes you dog. I got a PhD in anthropological sciences. Do you want to go out with me? I, 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 I don't know. That sounds awful, doesn't it? But yeah. that sounds really bad. Uh, well, I don't. I don't know. I don't think it does. We all judge. You know, we all judge people by by how they sound. Let me just ask you about touch again, because. You you are touched in different ways. Obviously, there's sexual touching. We needn't go into that. No, but exactly. no, but there's but you you will be touched by somebody helping you out, leading you, mm. you know, round, taking you somewhere. So there's just that touching. When does when does when does that touching start feeling intimate rather than pragmatic? I suppose, Ryan. When do you, when does that transition? Um, well, it's. One way to my heart is through the oven door, I have to say. Yeah. Um, and part of that is, you know, if somebody's willing to sort of sort you out grub-wise as well. But it's not just about that. It's about all the things that are around them. You know, it's, it's just it, it's so many other things together with okay. touch. I'll tell you, I understand that, but what I'm getting at, say... Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to... Say you, I'm trying to think one example. Say somebody says, "Look, I'll kind of walk you home," which is you know always helpful when you've been at the pub, even if you've got um, Chad with you, Dave. Mm. And there's taking your arm, mm. and is there a moment where they might hold your hand instead of take your arm? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, when, when, is it? And then are you trying to identify whether it means something or it's just? what they're doing at that moment. Often they get themselves in a little bit of a tiz by they're, they're not sure of the protocols and what to do. And they'll say, would, would you like to, shall I hold your arm? Or, uh, would you like to take my hand? Yeah. And I say, no, darling, I'll <laughs> hold your elbow if that's all the same with you. Um, but, you know, getting you home, as long as they're not bouncing you off the trees and the posts, uh, right? Yeah. It's, you yeah. know, you're on to a winner, really, aren't you? I mean, I don't think of it as, as that. So, I mean, and, and there's never any real transition. If somebody gives me a walk home, when I'm all of a twist, then I'm quite happy about that. But I don't think about 
Um, I don't think about, oh, um, oh she's getting fresh with her, or, or is he getting fresh? Yeah. I don't think about it because they're just nice people. I don't sort of think any agenda going on here. Just I don't. It, it's interesting, though, because I suppose, you know, the male of the species can be predatory and exploitative and just plain unpleasant. So why would that be any less true of blind blokes? Then? Because I think yeah, that there's this kind of... Uh, there's also this stereotypical myth about uh, um, people wanting you to feel their face because they think that that's yeah. what blind people do. Would you like to feel my face? Well, no, not really, no. no. You know. Yeah. Um, um, no. I'd rather not because I don't... It'll tell me nothing at the beginning. It'll tell me nothing. Obviously, when one becomes a little bit more acquainted... Then I mean, you know, th th there's going to be no limits, uh, hopefully. Yeah. You know, so the face will be just come and mm. become another part of the map. It doesn't hold the same. Uh, it doesn't hold the same allure as it would do for a sighted person. Whereas the voice will make up for the face. Yeah, always. Uh, do you think you have advantages over? oversighted people in the sense that you've got a great conversation starter. I think that can be the hardest thing. You know, since I got well-known, I never have to start a conversation. People tend to start with you, and I love talking to people, but I've actually, when I go abroad and meet people who don't know who I am, I find it quite difficult to get a conversation going. But It's a really good, it's a really good point. And, and like we said at the beginning, and, and Ryan will testify to this, that, that having the dog is a great opener. And people who normally wouldn't communicate with, with, with people see you, and they see your blindness, and they see you as being non-threatening. So I think they're more um, predisposed to come and speak to you yeah. and use the dog as that kind of vehicle to, to communicate with you, and uh, and and it goes from there. Often, I agree with you. I agree with you, but there are also there are people who will exploit that. You know, they they see this non-threatening side, and there are not many, but there are people around who will try and exploit that. You know, try and take the Mickey. We got another little bit of audio of you talking about. So I think it's kind of what what you look for in the opposite sex. Let's just uh, let's just have a listen to that. At school, Ryan used to sing a lot, and I must admit I did try to avoid going to assembly until I realised that Ryan was singing, and then I'd go, and that was one of the things that attracted me to him was his voice and his personality as well. See, the lovely thing about being blind is you can't prejudge, you can't do it, and it's a great thing. It's a really great advantage of being blind, and I just I like to personality I like you know I like the fact that she whacked me for wearing a leather jacket I like the fact that she had her own thoughts I like the fact that she was quite feisty quite you know quite outspoken <laughs> and she's great I love her personality she wouldn't believe that of me now <laughs> <laughs> but got a cracking personality and it's that that gets me every time Dave when you're in a in a situation and there's six voices around you say in a group of people you you don't know then you know, I suppose I, as a sighted, I'm looking round and I'm really thinking, oh, she's nice, maybe she isn't. But I'm factoring looks, you, you know, you can't help that. For you, Dave, it must all be about the voice then, the the content of what they're saying. Definitely. You're listening to the six different voices going on and you're assessing, you're making those kind of 
as you would do a visual judgment. Well, I'm doing with both. Somebody. I'm not entirely shallow. I mean, no, I'm, no, no. I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm listening as well as looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, we believe you. So you know, you're you're assessing the individual voices, and you're pinning the one that you know you're focusing on on the one that you like best in terms of timbre. And then it's like you know, it's like Ryan rightly says, it's what are they saying? How are they saying it? And how might they be saying it to me? Ryan, pretty much, yeah. I mean, you, you're listening to the tone. Um, you're listening. People can sound spiteful, or they can sound kind, or they can, you know, they they can sound like that generally when they're speaking. Just they don't have to be talking about anything in particular. Just tonally, they can sound like that. You can pick it up. I decide for myself. I'm very much like that anyway. I wouldn't sort of go, "Oh, what does she look?" Because I don't care. I, just... I I would, you know, I would be interested. Um, and if I sound a little bit shallow about that, then I, 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 I make no bones about that because unlike it's, it's Ryan... It's honesty we love about you. Well, thank you. As Unlike Ryan, you know, I had a little bit of vision. That's what I was just going to say. So I can make a visual a reference. Yeah. But, I mean, it got a bit shallow in my in my much shallower days where I was paddling, really. Yeah. In it. Yeah. I would say to my mates, and we worked on the snooker table principle, um, and that was that... Uh, you'd say, oh, she, you know, she's really nice. Well, what do you reckon? And they'd say, oh, she's a pink, or she's right. a blue, and 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 oh, so okay. it was on on the on the you know the the, the status of the ball, the black ball yeah. being, of course, you know, the top one, and and a red being off the scale, but um, you know, one grows up a little bit, and and one um yeah. discards these arbitrary um techniques What's for that, finding. I mean, like, if blokes want to talk like that. Look, that's fine as long as they don't object to women talking about blokes in the same way. Absolutely, you know, that's yeah. the you know. I suppose, but I'm sure they do in yeah. their ways. Oh, did it? Oh, they definitely yeah. do. Trust me. Because um, I think because you know oh, I'm no angel. I was never that kind of bloke who taught like that. But if I was, as soon as you beget daughters, then you know, then I think you, your attitude kind of changes anyway. I've got two daughters. You've got a daughter. Yeah. Uh, haven't you right? So I've had to fight against it a little bit. Have you? You know, with a boyfriend. I don't mean, and I've just sort of had to say it to myself. You know, come on, this is your daughter, yes, but she's an adult too. She's like, she's allowed to live her life. She's not doing anything wrong. Sort yourself out. You know, sometimes I've had to sort of sit and have a serious chat with myself about things. Mm. But uh, have I mean, just one word on the the children of blind people. Do they have sort of any commonalities? I mean, I know a guy, another guy called Blind Dave. You probably know the ultra. Runner in uh, from oh, yeah, from, from yeah. the black country. I mean, he's got three daughters, an absolute delight. I know, I know the youngest one best, and she's a lovely young woman. She is, but I just, I just wondered if they ever get together and talk about the the, the sort of the challenges. No, well, not that I know of. Yeah, um, Bethany says that she doesn't really see us as a challenge because she grew up with us, so she's yeah. that's how things are. You know, she's it's just natural to her, mm. as far as I can tell. So she says to me anyway. A blind yeah. woman instead of looking for love. Now, what from how do you suppose their angle would be any different to what we're hearing from you? I don't think there'd be an awful lot of nah, difference. I really? think what do you reckon, Ryan? Nah. I reckon it's, it's again, it's about it's about voice, isn't it? It's yeah. about and, and how you and women are, are, are you... generally less shallow anyway. Yeah. I mean, they'd be quite shallow, but not as shallow as men. I would. I would yeah, say. I, 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 I'd agree with that. But I think that the principles for a woman would be the same. They're looking yeah. for They're looking you know for with a voice, kindness, gentleness, yeah. kind of you know potential, kind of uh, yeah potential kind of partner like that. I mean, we all, you know, it's. Mm. I think so, anyway. A, a kinder voice is much nicer than a harsh voice. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I look for that in a friend, let alone a lover. You know, it's 
it yeah. doesn't you, you you look for goodness and kindness and you can hear that in a voice if you listen long enough definitely yeah i mean i suppose there comes a time when you've heard the voice and you've picked up the smell of somebody and but there's a moment when you start physically touching in an intimate way and i'm not talking about sexually i mean intimately you get a a feel for their body now what's what's that like do you get sort of do you not bothered what they feel like or you had unpleasant surprises to be no, you can pick you can pick so much up just from holding somebody's arm you know yeah. holding somebody's yeah. elbow uh, are they tall are they short and then you um, realize it's just the middle finger you're holding it's not <laughs> but it's I, I think on the whole it, it's a case of you, you know um sometimes you get a few a, a surprise not an unpleasant surprise yeah. you go oh oh she's got hand shape oh they're okay but it's not unpleasant you know certainly wasn't for sonia and i anyway and i was just yeah, okay, that's what we're dealing with. Mm. But have you had occasions where where people like you know like a a a, a woman invites you to explore them? Um, because I have seriously uh, men and women. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, I have a couple of times. Yeah, and I've yeah I've, I mean I've if you really want me to do this, then I will. But I don't need to. You know, I always uh, just that's put it my like response. That. Um, I um. I had an occasion where um, we 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 practiced that with uh, a, the the biggest meatiest guard at the Tower of London in his garb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. I wanted to know what these buckles on the shoes felt like and what 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 he felt like. Yeah. So um, I started from the bottom and worked up, and uh, you know he wasn't in the slightest bit phased by it. Yeah. But then um, you know that was an exploration. But to 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 back to the subject in hand, uh, you know I would not if somebody. Ask me, do they want me to feel them? Um, depending on the situation and the circumstances, I, 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 you know, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say yes, and I wouldn't say no. It just purely depends. I mean, if things get very intimate, is the, does the dog tend to be a distraction? Do you well, you have to, to put it out of the room because you do, it can do you? be, yeah, 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 it's possible. Yeah, um, it depends on the dog, really. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on the relationship. <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <don't. laughs> I suppose. Um, I suppose a very highly trained dog would just make their excuses and leave at the They'll just find a corner and watch. But they can't tell anyone. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, do dogs ever get amorous, by the way? Oh, listen, great question. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm supremely rubbish at dating, I have to say, right? That's why I'm a singleton. Right, because um, you know I'm still, you know, crawling around in the deluge of past relationships. Yeah. But my guide dog, and you're nearly Christmas forty time, now, aren't you? Oh, right, thank yeah. you very much. I love you too. <laughs> my guide dog fell in love Christmas time yeah. um, with um, the most beautiful black lab called Nia. We were up at the Lake District, and from the time we got there to the time we left, um, this dog would not leave Chad alone. And Chad's like going, well, all right. I'm you know, hoping to pick a, a couple of um, bits up from him because my dating experiences have been just rubbish. Mm. I'll tell you one if you want to yeah, know. Yeah, go on, go on. You want to know? Yeah. Okay, about 30 years ago, yeah. I was, um, I was, it was my, my first dip into uh, theatre and I was I was doing some stuff, began to do some stuff with Grey Eye Theatre Company. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Grey Eye being Europe's premier theatre company for people with disabilities, as it was in the day. Still going, still very active and mm. still doing some great work. Um, I was at a Save the Diorama party. The Diorama is a, is a building in London that showed the first moving images, so it predated cinema yeah. and there was a preservation order to save the diorama and there was a, a party and a disco right. of which 
we were invited to. Yeah. Gray, I was invited to. And at that time, I'd just joined. I'd just met the artistic director, uh, who was lovely. Oh, God, I loved her. And I thought, now, I'm a young lad. Um, you know, uh, this, this could go somewhere, maybe. Yeah. Um, so we're dancing away, and I'm giving it all what I thought were my best moves. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing, I feel this tap on my shoulder. And uh, she said, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> said, I'm dancing with you. She said, you're not, you're dancing with a pillar. I had moved round and turned my back to her no. with all of my funky moves. I turned around and I was dancing with a pillar. Uh, it, it didn't go much further. <laughs> I don't know whether it was because I was a crap dancer or whether I, you know, it was the pillar that done it. Imagine, no, being, imagine being rejected by the pillar. That would have been the... No, she should have saw your moves from the front, me, not the back. Yeah. I think that was your problem here. <laughs> some can't tell the back from the front, you know. True, but right, some any, can. That's the problem. Any similar disasters for you, Ronald? No, not, not in that way. Not really. Um, I've been quite... Like I say, I've always been with Sonia. There's not really been, apart from when you're little, you know, you got to get a friend, son. But no, yeah. I, I didn't, um, I wouldn't really have had, I, I used to talk to men and women alike, you know, last, ghettos and boys alike. And to be honest with you, I've, I've had more sort of them thinking I was chatting them up rather than striking up a conversation with them. You know, I, I've, um, on my 18th birthday, I was in a pub um, with dad sort of, he was buying me my first pint doing all that. And uh, I'm chatting away to this lassie and it's just the general conversation. She went, oh, by the way, I've got a boyfriend. <laughs> Quite the fair was that um I that, don't that care. happens to the best of us that does. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean, but that's as far as it goes. Yeah. You know, I mean I've never really had any trouble because I've always had Sonia. It's quite stilled and perhaps a bit boring to some people, but it works for me. What advice would you give blind teenagers trying to make their way in the world? Be yourself, first yeah, of all. Ultimately yeah. be yourself. Celebrate the fact that you're blind. Never try to hide it. Celebrate it. Use it as um, as as your best way of communicating. Don't play on your blindness. Don't ever yeah. play on it. But just Ryan, be yourself and and be proud of 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 your blindness and make them laugh. Make exactly. them make them laugh about it. That's that's the best thing you can do. Absolutely right. Because if they feel if they see that you're easy about it, then they're going to get a lot less screwed yeah. up about it. Because there's all of this. So, um, did you see that thing on the? Um, no, actually, I don't possess a television. So, <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, don't don't ever worry about that. Just yeah, be yourself. Be as rounded as you can be, and as as honest as you can be. Yeah. I think. Don't um, try to be something you're not. I mean, just one final thing, which I suppose is tangential, but we have talked a lot about looks and. There is a difference, presumably, with somebody who's never seen, like yourself, Ryan, and yeah. somebody you did once see, like Dave. I mean, are, are there sort of warring camps within the blind community on, on, on no, that? Did, did, does one group of you look down on the other? I had a chat with Sue Townsend about this. Um, when, you know, she, she went blind through diabetes, and she yeah. said there's a class system um, of blind people. So people that have been born blind, like me, who, who she said, know it all, um, and we don't the same as anyone else um and people who have lost their sight you know it goes up depending on age so if you lost your sight when you were young you know a little bit more than you did at say sue's age when she was about 50 and she was she thinks she was adamant that there was some sort of class system and actually there isn't it's all about experience it's all about the length of time you've been blind you just you just react differently because it's it's how it is the, the, i think the um yeah i think there is a hierarchical system but who's at the top of the hierarchy? The blind, you... the totally blind. But then the totally blind don't know 
like you, you could argue you're worse off, Dave, because you know what you've lost. The totally blind don't know what they lost, which arguably could be easier. And this is a tennis match that goes back and forth goes and back and forth, yeah, you, you know? Go on about it all day. Yeah. Ryan, are you sort of top of the pecking order? Well, I don't see myself as being that way. I just, I'm used to being blind, and that's how it is. It's, you, you can't help your experiences. Mm. And I think it's a case of lack of experience. You know, they've, they've, they've gone blind, they don't, they don't know how to deal with it, and they're just learning how to deal with it, and it ta- all that takes time, it must do. That's true, that's true. But people are fascinated by, you know, when you're totally blind. Yeah. People do, and, and, and girls, you know, um, pr- 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 prospective partners, yeah. male or female, you know, they get right into it. So, you know, what's it like? How do yeah. you dream? If you've yeah. never seen, how would you do that? And, you know, so it's all part of kind of the, the preamble, Ryan, you know, yeah, to uh, friend, something beautiful. Friend, friends ask you that too, though. Mm. You know, good friends will ask you that. You know, what, what's it like? You know, um, what? how do you picture blue? Well, I don't because I don't have any. Yeah. But you must, what, have a men, you must have mental images, though. No, um, I don't because I, I've never had them. I don't know what blue is. Um, and blue, blue isn't a feeling. A blue, people try to say, oh, blue's cold or red is hot. That's that's what you feel when you touch something. What does it feel like going from the eye to the brain? I don't know what that feels like. So yeah. I can't have any any images at all. So they get you know people get really uh, into this mm. because they just can't fathom it out. Um, it, yeah. and, but it's easier, I think, if you have had sight because at least you've got some visual images to to refer to. Yeah. See, like, but on, like on the other side, we can't fathom them out. You know, the people yeah. that are like me who have never had sight, you can't fathom what it's like but neither can yeah. they with you so yeah. it works both ways I, I I describe it to people when I'm teaching vision impairment awareness and, and sighted guiding they'll say oh well what's it like then to be blind and I say well it's like being nothing you know it's a nothingness yeah. mm. because people think that being blind is in the dark you're in the dark yeah. and it's it goes back to kind of primal times when you know we were we were let fires in front of caves to guard against wild animals. It's the kind of thing that when we were children, it was mammy, dad, can I, you know, can you leave the light on? So people have got this intrinsic fear of the dark, this primal fear of the yeah. dark. And they think because of their games with blind man's buff as a child or, you know, putting a blindfold on or being in the dark, they think that blindness is like that. It's not. It's It's a complete... It's a it's a state of mind rather than something yeah. physical. So what I do is I tell people: imagine you've got an eyeball in the middle of your palm. Turn it away from you and look. Imagine you're looking at something through the palm of your hand. Just imagine it. And people go, oh, "I can't. I, yeah. I can't." And I say, "Well, that's as close as I can." Describe to you about being blindness. It's it's a nothingness. It's not even relevant, Ryan. The amount of people that I've had say to me, um, "Well, when you shut your eyes, you see black." I don't see no. black because I don't you know, know what, what black, black is. is. Yeah, we'll just finish where we started, which was talking. It say you said it's all about the dog when it comes to the, uh, <laughs> the you know the, the the game of love. There is something more cynical than just a blind man using a dog as bait. It is a blind man's friend, i.e., me. Dave, actually virtue signalling, walking into the pub with my blind friend and his adorable dog, and I'm actually using it. I'm losing him and the dog as bait. So I'm oh, saying, I've had that look before, what yeah. a what a nice guy I must be. I don't actually like Dave as a person. So he's so been willfully exploiting me for years. Yeah, I just use him just 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 to, just to show what a nice guy. Look, I am. As long as he gets me a pint, I don't mind. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're, you're willing to pay your curry, It don't matter. <laughs> you know. Okay. Okay. Well, I think we've all established. 
we're at various levels of cynical on this. I would think. I think you're the most virtuous by far, uh, Ryan. Um, <laughs> I think I come in second, and then Dave's a long way back. That's a long way back. In See you third, later, boys. Right. I'm off looking for love now <laughs> with my blind dog. I love them blind dogs, I guess. Yeah. And I'll be, I'll be, I'll be right behind him, picking up his, picking up his castoffs. Uh, He's used to that. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely talking to you both. That's Ryan Kelly and Dave Kent. Uh, you have been listening to I See What You're Saying, a brilliant podcast series uh, done by and for guide dogs. Uh, I'm Adrian Charles. It's been my pleasure to do this one. Do subscribe and listen to other and future episodes in this series. You've been listening to I See What You're Saying by Guide Dogs. <laughs>